Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to uh, what day is this? Thursday. I've been traveling a little bit, so hard to uh, remember. Thursday, October 21st. I hope your week's been going well. Glad to be back with you this morning. Uh, getting ready to talk to Dave here in just a few minutes. We've had a couple good days um, in the marketplace today. Eh, maybe we give back a little bit. But uh, with that, looking forward to our conversation with Dave. Coming up next, stay tuned. It's 839 here, 21 now before 9. It is 69 degrees in Seabring. We're going to see 87 this afternoon. And it's time to check in on your money and find out what, I'll say, what is going on on Wall Street. My partner in crime is back. Welcome back, Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services. Philip, it's good to hear your voice this morning. I didn't mean to drop you all of a sudden and say, hey, guess what, we're going on the air. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm glad to be back. Not in the office yet. Um, I, I spent three days uh, in uh, Minneapolis doing some training and, uh, and, and some ways to add more value to our clients. And then today starts our, our semi-annual uh, Ed Slot uh, meeting to determine and look at um, IRAs, 401ks, some of the things that are coming out and the problems there. Uh, so we start that today. It's virtual. So I am back, but I am sitting in my home office um, so I can concentrate on that uh, education for the next two days. And that's much more comfortable anyway. And the Ed Slot classes are one of the reasons you're kind of the authority on IRAs locally. That's right. I mean, we get together uh, twice a year with Ed um, and, and go over and not just Ed, but he's got three um, folks in his office. That's all they do is research and stay up on what's happening um, legislatively, what's going on, what we could see down the pipeline, and, and some of those things. So looking forward to that today because it'll update us on some of the things sitting in Washington right now that uh, people are trying to get passed. Oh, yeah. Take a look at the legislative specialist when you do the Zoom with him. Tell me whether he's losing his hair because uh, we got Congress and that would make any legislative specialist go crazy, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, so we'll be back in the office on Monday going strong, but uh, two days left of, uh, of some education and, uh, and looking forward to learning a lot uh, these next couple of days to be able to apply for our clients and, and use out there uh, in, uh, in the office. All righty. Well, as to day-to-day learning is concerned, let's set the table for the morning. We had an update on Wall Street yesterday. I was teasing you when we first got on the phone before we went on the air. I talked it up to a new record. Now let's see what you can do. The Dow was up 152 points yesterday, set a new intraday record high for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. S&P was up by 16.5, and NASDAQ was up by 7.5. Both are now within spitting distance of all-time records as well. Boy, you can't tell we got any problems in the world based upon the markets from yesterday, can you? No, you, you really can't. But it, it does go to the to the notion that earnings season is off to a great start. And, you know, we're seeing some good things on the earnings side, which is why we're seeing these increases in the indexes. The question is, you know, with some of the things happening in China and, and Europe, can we really continue that even though it looks like our earnings are going well? You know, you got to look at the geopolitical and the geoeconomic environment as well. And that's what we define as risk that you can't control, but you can control how much you have in your portfolio, right? Absolutely. That's, that's so true. 
Absolutely. Let's go through the numbers. First of all, start out, we have a government data dump for the morning, our usual Thursday employment numbers. And on the unemployment front, we continue some merry sunshine here. Initial jobless claims for last week, 290,000. They were expecting 297. It's down from last week and better than they expected. And we also have continuing claims being a good good 100,000 people less than they expected, 2.48 million continuing claims as well. The employment picture based upon that kind of backs up the beige book that everything's going just fine if the people uh, looking for people to do the jobs can just find people willing to take the jobs. And that was kind of the message from the beige book yesterday when the Fed released it. And that continues to be an issue, but I did see a little headline that we are seeing because uh, the COVID-related benefits are being reduced and reduced and reduced, uh, not just by the government, but by companies. Um, Mm -hmm. So we are seeing, you know, more people now saying, okay, uh, I got to find a job now because unemployment's running out. I don't get the extra boost anymore. So we are seeing more and more people come back into the labor force, which is kind of what those numbers are showing. Absolutely. It does show, too, that they haven't come back with the uh, point where the companies are capable of actually standing their ground. Southwest caved this week and told the federal government, no, they're not going to require COVID vaccinations or tests after uh, the employees sick out, for lack of a better term, cost them $75 million when they had to cancel all those flights last week. So it's still hard to find qualified employees, even with them coming back to work. Yeah, it, it is. It's still hard to find specifically in certain areas. Obviously, you know, the restaurant, the hotel, that retail sector, those guys, uh, not so much. But you get more into some of the specialty lines of looking for specific types of employees, then, then it still is a little bit difficult. Absolutely. It's, 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 an, it's a dicey proposition. And the one thing out of the Beige Book yesterday that I read through, every single Fed district was saying the same thing. Prices are going up markedly, and they're being driven by too much money chasing too little product that's out there. Again, those transportation and shipping issues, we got the money, we just don't have any place to spend it, and that's bringing prices up, which is not the way you want inflation to go. Yeah, I think it was yesterday I was reading uh, part of an article by Ray Dalio, um, you know, the big hedge fund manager, and, and he's not so sure about this inflation deal ever tapering off that, that we may be in for a wild ride upwards when it comes to inflation, and that, that he doesn't necessarily uh, uh, on the same page with the, the Fed in terms of, well, it's, it's transitory or, you know, once people get back to work and the supply chain gets relieved, it, it'll come back down. He's not in that school. Well, you add to the fact that the Congress is talking about still pumping tons and tons of money into the economy. The uh, most conservative case, if only the bipartisan infrastructure bill goes through, that's a trillion and a half they're pumping into the economy. And if the mansion compromise proposal for the uh, other bill that's being fought over ends up happening, that's another one and three quarters trillion dollars worth of social spending we're putting into the economy. Whether it's good or bad, I'm not making a value judgment. That's a pant load of money being pumped into the economy that's going to end up increasing consumer demand for limited products, hence inflation. How do you spell it? Too much money chasing too little goods. That's right. And, and that's definitely going to be the case. Uh, I am. I hadn't really read up on, on Mnuchin and some of his things. But, hey, those numbers that you just spouted out, though they are high, they're significantly lower than what the majority of the Democrats want. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's why we're saying if Manchin gets it way, it's paired back to the $1.75 trillion. He's been, according to the rumor mill, threatening to skip over out of the Democratic Party over this thing because he's feeling like he's not very welcome anymore. Uh, tidbits before we get to the earnings report. Uh, I'd mentioned earlier in the week before you came back, Philip, that they introduced a new exchange-traded fund, an ETF, selling Bitcoin. You can buy Bitcoin on the stock market now through an exchange-traded fund in two days. Two days only. Dang fund ended up topping topping a billion dollars in market value. In under two days, no other exchange-traded fund has ever done that. Evidently, the opportunity to buy Bitcoin indirectly through your broker appeals to a lot of people, right? I guess so. I mean, I guess it makes it an easy way for people to, to make that play. Um, so <clears throat> that'll be an interesting to see how that is, because, I mean, I think I saw yesterday Bitcoin up 66,000 or something like that crazy number. Um, it's dropping a little bit this morning, but still, that's a big number. Hey, I want to do mention this. Um, I don't know if you talked much about interest rates and bonds, but, you know, the 10 year Treasury is continuing to, to go up. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's almost up to one point six six percent yield. Um, and, and that's a significant increase over what we've been seeing here at, uh, you, you know, it got up close to this not too long ago, but then it dropped back down to the 1.5s in that, that area. But uh, it is raising its head again. So we continue to watch that 10-year Treasury. Yeah, I've got it over 1.6 this morning, but my quotes are sometimes a little bit iffy in the process. We're still holding up there. I always look at it in terms of, you know, historical perspective, 1.6% ain't high by any measure. Just compared to where we've been for the last few years, it sounds astronomic, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And like I said, we're almost at 1.66. So uh, that's uh, that's just a, a lot higher number than we're used to seeing. Sure is. I had some quotes earlier in the week that said that we were looking at like 85% of the quarterly reports from the companies during earnings season being beat so far. You alluded to the fact that it's been a good earnings season. And one of my uh, quotes uh, earlier before we got started was saying, don't expect any big beat surprises. We've had a pile of them lately. Any big surprises on the reports we got this morning? You know, I don't know if we say big. Well, yeah, I'm going to say the biggest surprise we had this morning is going to be Crocs, you know, the shoe company. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they had a substantial beat. They're expected to earn about $1.88 a share, and they came in at $2.47 a share. Revenue beat forecast as well. Get this number, Dave. Digital sales up 69% um, for, for Crocs. And so – they uh, they should be on a big winners list somewhere today, Dave. They're up twelve percent. Wow! Yeah, you can you can now wear ugly shoes anywhere. That's right. But you know Absolutely. they're starting to make some that aren't so ugly. That well, that's true. They've got some fashion versions as well. And when Justin Bieber started wearing them, I knew that was going to take off. <laughs> uh, so so that's the big big winner. Now we do have some other winners. Today. We've got AT and T reported. Um, you know, they beat by nine cents a share revenue ahead of forecast. Um, they've seen growth in their um, phone and Internet service, as well as their HBO and HBO Max uh, continue to gain uh, subscriptions. And so that's good news for them. They're up one point three percent this morning. Uh, but you know what? They're trading really low. I mean, they're they're down um, within a dollar and a quarter of their 52 week low. So they're, they're really I, you know, that's just, um, I guess they're coming up from that maybe. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, because they, they've been as high as like in, in the in the 40s. So now they're hmm. trading about 26. Um, we had another uh, financial company, if you will, Blackstone, the private equity firm. They uh, they beat, uh, they're expected to earn like 91 cents, came in at $1.28. Um, they benefited from strong investment performance along with some other stuff this quarter up 3.4%. Um, now this one, Dow Chemical, they, uh, they beat by 19 cents, came in at 275 a share, uh, revenue above. Now they saw improved performance in get this packaging and specialty pl pl plastics um, did well. Um, mm. I, I get the packaging, right? Because th things are having to be packaged. I talked to a, a buddy of mine whose daughter works for a packaging company down south. And she said, you know, their, their business is booming because everybody's doing so much online business that they're having to do a lot of packaging to get that stuff mailed out. So Dow is up um, about a third of a percent right now. Uh, the packaging, I'm assuming they make plastic peanuts and stuff, right? Well, I think they do that. Yep. And, uh, okay. and I'm not so sure they don't make saran wrap, don't they? That, that kind of thing. You might be right. I mean, I'm, I'm old. So when I think of Dow Chemical, I only think about napalm. But, I mean, that yeah. dates back to the 60s. That's old stuff there. That's old stuff. All right. Two more Absolutely. for you, Dave. Two more. All right. I got Quest Diagnostics, somebody in the medical field. Um, they, uh, they had better than expected quarterly results as well. Uh, they, uh, they boosted their, um, their full-year guidance. Um, obviously, they're benefiting from more, from more of the COVID testing, uh, up 1.6% this morning. And then I saved the worst for last, yeah. IBM. IBM. Now, they, they, they had a split deal. They, they beat on earnings, not by much. They beat by $0.02, cents, came in at $2.52 a share. However, revenue missed analyst expectations. They had weakness in their cloud business, which remember that was one of the things that was really catapulting them um, really? for a while, you know, but they, 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 that's fallen off. They're seeing pullback in client spending. Now that's um, something I think we need to probably pay attention to. If we're seeing companies start to limit their spending and cut their spending, that's an indication that uh, inflation is taking a toll on some of these companies. So uh, they're trading down today 5.3% right now. And one of my tip sheets says that's going to contribute about 50 points to the downtick in the Dow this morning as we get to the futures. Resetting the table, it was an update yesterday, some new records set even. 45 minutes before we open this morning, what are we looking at on the futures, Philip? Dave, I see a lot of red ink, a lot of red ink right now. We've got the Dow down a quarter of a percent. That's about $85. Uh, we got the um, S&P 500 down almost two-tenths of a percent, about $8. And the NASDAQ's down about two-tenths, too. Uh, the only thing I show going up right now, besides the VIX, which you expect it to go up with this volatility, is the Russell 2000 is actually up just a tad right now. Not much, but up a little bit. Now, switching gears, looking at the commodity side of things, uh, there's still a lot of red ink there. We've got silver down a third of a percent. Gold is uh, basically even right now. Uh, crude oil heading down uh, almost seven-tenths of a percent, $82.84 a barrel right now. About dang time. One of the days you were out of town, we had it over 84 for a little while. Man, aren't, that's, aren't uh, big, that's a big increase. 
Aren't you glad you weren't there to commiserate with that fact for the day? Yeah, I had, I had to fill up on the way home from the airport yesterday, man. Almost $3.30, I think. Man, I, when I left, it wasn't that high. Nope, nope, nope. And it's continuing to go up. Overseas markets, mixed bag in Asia. Uh, Japan was off considerably. The the uh, Chinese markets were a little bit either side of the zero mark. Over in Europe, they got some pressure because they discovered some exposure to the Evergrande Chinese real estate bonds. There's some downward pressure. The index is there down between a third and a half a percent this morning, halfway through their day. Philip, we were talking about your new your expertise and the continuing education in IRA and retirement planning. If I'm getting close, I need all the up-to-date information I can get. How can I find you to get an appointment? You're absolutely right, Dan. That's why we put together our uh, trademark core retirement design to help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. Uh, catch out our website, uh, statlerfinancial.com. Join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show. I know it's on at 6. Am I on at noon this week, Dave? Yep, you are. Gators got uh, the day off this week. All right, so I'll be on at noon and 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. You got it. Thank you very much, sir. You have a good day, and I'll catch you tomorrow morning, all right? All right, man. You too. Enjoy. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. You toss a penny over your shoulder and... Hey, glad to be back with you. Uh, you know, hey, did do a lot of uh, educating over the last uh, three days before I came back. So, uh, you know, looking forward to putting some of that stuff to work for you and the community and our clients. Uh, if you need anything, we want to be a resource for our clients. That's why we designed the core retirement design. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye now.